No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that at the appointed time, the Jews overpower their enemies who attack them. This results in a great celebration that would become an annual Jewish holiday. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Esther chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. When Haman issued his decree to exterminate the Jews throughout the Persian Empire, the Jews mourned. They fasted. But when King Ahasuerus allowed Mordecai to issue a new decree for the Jews to take up arms against their attackers, the Jews rejoiced and feasted. Now they had hope. And for eight months, they prepared for this fateful day. We continue in Esther chapter 9. Now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, on the 13th day, the time came for the king's command and his decree to be executed. On the day that the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, the opposite occurred in that the Jews themselves overpowered those who hated them. The Jews gathered together in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hands on those who sought their harm. And no one could withstand them because fear of them fell upon all people. And all the officials of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and all those doing the king's work helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's palace, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai became increasingly prominent. Thus the Jews defeated all their enemies with the stroke of the sword, with slaughter and destruction, and did what they pleased with those who hated them. Now, this occurred on March 7th, 443 BC. This is when the enemies of the Jews, according to Haman's decree, rose up to attack them. But because of the second decree that Mordecai had issued, the Jews had the right to defend themselves and attack their attackers, and they overpowered them. Now, it is interesting that so many throughout the Persian Empire sought to destroy the Jews. Later in this chapter, we are told that the Jews killed some 75,000 of their attackers in the provinces. The fact that Haman was dead Mordecai was prime minister and King Ahasuerus issued this counter decree did not dissuade these enemies from attacking the Jews. As has so often been the case, anti-Semitism abounded. But the Jews overpowered them all. And how did they do this? Well, we are told that fear fell upon their enemies. Now, where did that fear come from? Obviously, God put the fear upon them. Currently, we are experiencing fear on a global scale as the World Health Organization has declared the coronavirus to be a pandemic. People fear contracting a disease, but do they fear God? People fear death, but do they fear standing before the lawgiver and judge of our souls? 
In Romans 3.18, the Apostle Paul accurately assesses the situation we see today. There is no fear of God before their eyes. But consider the words of Jesus in Luke 12.4. My friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. We fear God because he is the one to whom we will give an account on the day of judgment. Fearing God helps us to turn away from evil and preserves our lives for both now and eternity. Now, if you fear God, then you really need not fear anything else. When you consider that the worst thing that could happen to you with the coronavirus would be that you would die. But if you are in Christ, then you will be in his presence where there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So you could say that that would be the best thing that could happen to you. And that is why Paul said that for me to live as Christ that is, a life lived for him, and to die is gain. But if you don't fear God and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you have every reason to fear because this life is all you've got. Now, the officials of the provinces also helped the Jews. They knew of Mordecai's prominence as prime minister and knew that he was a Jew. They also knew that King Ahasuerus and Queen Esther were supporting the Jews, so they aligned themselves accordingly. God had completely turned the situation around in favor of the Jews. Their enemies were not fighting against man, but against God. And so this was the time for the Jews to take up their arms and fight the good fight. You know, whether we like it or not, we are also in a spiritual battle. We must stand firm in the faith and fight the good fight. I think one of the ways we fight that is to fight the fight against fear. But whatever it is that we're fighting, we're fighting against the enemy's lies, ultimately. The stakes are high. The souls of many are in the balance. Will we stand and fight courageously or will we faint and fall? Will we remain focused in the battle or will we be distracted by the love of this world, the cares of this life, the pursuit of wealth, and the desire for other things? Consider these words written by David on the day the Lord delivered him from all his enemies and from Saul. Psalm 18.31 says, For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. When trouble comes, we need not fear. When the enemy attacks, we dare not be afraid. Rather, we must remember that God is our rock. He is our strength. And he is more than sufficient for any challenge we face. He will help us stand firm and overcome. Now, it had been over 160 years since the Jews had defeated anyone in battle. How great it must have felt for them to know that God was with them again as he had been with David hundreds of years earlier. 
And in Shushan, the citadel, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. Also, the 10 sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. They killed, but they did not lay a hand on the plunder. So here, even in the citadel of Shushan, where King Ahasuerus, Queen Esther, the Jewess, Mordecai, the prime minister who was a Jew, you would think that there would have been not very many enemies wanting to come against the Jews with a political situation like that. And yet still, there were 500 of them that attacked the Jews and they were killed. Also, the Jews killed Haman's 10 sons. Now, Haman had risen against the Jews, seeking to destroy all of them. And now the Jews did not want to take any chances with Haman's sons rising up in revenge. And so they put them to death as well. Now, again, we must understand that Haman was a descendant of the Amalekites. You will recall that King Saul was told to put the Amalekites completely to death, but he allowed King Agag to survive. And now here was Haman, a descendant of King Agag. And in the Bible, the Amalekites are a symbol or a type of the flesh. The moral of the story is, is that you cannot give an inch to your flesh because it will take a mile. God has one verdict for our sinful flesh, and that is that it must be put to death. If you make provision for it, it will take you down. And so we see here that the Jews didn't leave any of the sons of Haman around to cause any future problems. Verse 11. Now on that day, the number of those who were killed in Shushan, the citadel, was brought to the king. And the king said to Queen Esther, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men in Shushan, the citadel, and the 10 sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your petition? It shall be granted to you. Or what is your further request? It shall be done. Then Esther said, if it pleases the king, let it be granted to the Jews who are in Shushan to do again tomorrow according to today's decree and let Haman's 10 sons be hanged on the gallows. So the king commanded this to be done. The decree was issued in Shushan and they hanged Haman's 10 sons. So King Ahasuerus says to his queen, okay, this is what they did. They killed all of these people in the provinces and 500 men in Shushan. Is there anything else you want done? It's like the king was really seeking to make good uh, to his wife, Esther, after he sort of let this first decree of Haman be put out and he didn't really handle it right, not knowing that she was a Jew, but letting this decree go out. So now he is saying, okay, is there anything else that you need done? And she said, okay, here's what we would like. One more day uh, here in the city to be able to take vengeance against the enemies of the Jews and that we could put the 10 sons of Haman on the gallows, really make a spectacle of them so that nobody else would rise up against the Jews. And he said, okay, you got it. And the Jews who were in Shushan gathered together again on the 14th day of the month of Adar and killed 300 men at Shushan. So that's now a total of 800 men there in the city. But they did not lay a hand on the plunder. The point here was not to take their stuff, not to take their goods or their estates or 
anything that belonged to them, but simply to make an example of those who had risen up against the Jews to destroy them. The remainder of the Jews in the king's provinces gathered together and protected their lives, had rest from their enemies and killed 75,000 of their enemies, but they did not lay a hand on the plunder. And so you see 75,000 people throughout the Persian empire that raised up trying to kill the Jews. They were in fact killed by the Jews. And this was on the 13th day of the month of Adar, that is March 7th. And on the 14th day of the month, March 8th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. So they're out in the villages, in the provinces, outside the city. On the 14th day of the month of Adar, they rested, that's March 8th. And this would become the Feast of Purim as they celebrated their victory over Haman and against those who had come against them. The moral here is that we need not fear. When people or situations rise against us, the thing is is to trust in the Lord. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, the Bible tells us, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. May God help us to overcome fear with the peace of God that guards our heart and to know that greater is he who is in us than anything that this world can fire at us. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we'll see where the Feast of Purim is established as a perpetual Jewish holiday to commemorate their triumph over their enemies and Mordecai is promoted to a prominent position in Persia. We hope you'll join us as we conclude the book of Esther on Simply the Bible.